What's up? It's me, your boy, Ruby Rube, coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast. Today, I'm going to be recapping the San Francisco Marathon. In a nutshell, man, hey, things went great. I couldn't have asked for better weather, a better experience. There were no accidents, no injuries, no drama. Because after all, ain't nobody got time for that. My body held up. I set a PR, and I was able to walk away with a little bit more confidence, having learned some lessons, and man, just another little feather in my cap. We left that Saturday from my house to San Francisco, and we arrived in San Francisco about 11.45, 12 12 o'clock, and we picked up my racing bib at the Race Expo, which was at a San Francisco Ferry building over, uh, where was it? Over by like, I don't know, one of the piers. I'm not too familiar with San Francisco. I've been there a bunch of times, but there's too much in San Francisco. All that history, all of these little hidden nooks and crannies, there's just too much to freaking know. But hey, you know, that's this isn't what the podcast is about San Francisco history. Nah, you guys are tuning in to hear about my race day experience. But before I talk about that, I need to tell you about the first little hiccup that we encountered. Now, after we we spent some time at the San Francisco Marathon Race Day Expo, which, by the way, was probably the biggest race day expo I have seen. So many people there. There was a lot of vendors handing out a lot of a lot of free goodies. And there's always ample opportunity to go and buy a bunch of things that you don't need, right? Everyone, they're always trying to sell you something. Now, I'm able to refrain from that. I I will go and, you know, check out the booth just to look. I like to see what what's going on in the world. Where where's where is the wind blowing. What is all this, you know, all of this race tech? Where is the world moving? Now, there were some cool things in there, and we probably spent, I don't know, maybe 25, 35 minutes in there just soaking it up, right? And then so we leave the the San Francisco Marathon Race Day Expo, and we get back into the car, and it is actually a relief. When you park your car in San Francisco and you go somewhere, There's a 50-50 chance that your car can be vandalized, burglarized, your wheels stolen, your window smashed in, and it was a relief to find out that none of that happened. So I'm like, hey, all right, crisis averted. That didn't happen to us, and we can continue on to our hotel. And we're making our way to the hotel, and I'm like, you know what? Crap. I forgot my freaking race day morning breakfast. And now for some people, this could be a huge monkey wrench in their overall game plan. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who have to have everything perfect. They have to have everything just right. Otherwise, their rituals fall out the window. And now it's just panic mode. But hey... Not me, your boy, Ruby Rube. I'm able to take those punches on the chin, and I can keep it moving. Now, I was luckily able to find a Safeway, which was right across from the Race Day Expo. And I went in, and I got some bagels. I got some blueberries, bananas. And usually, I would put, you know, some, some peanut butter on the bagels, spread and squirt on some honey. And maybe chop up some bananas and put it in there. But I was like, you know what? I have peanut butter at home. I have honey at home. I'm not going to spend some extra money on that stuff. Because I ultimately, I don't eat food for flavor all the time. I know that you know the relationship that I have with food, it, it is different. I see food as fuel. And I just need to put something in my stomach to fuel me for you know 26.2 miles. And the foods that I was able to buy at that Safeway, hey, that's going to get the job done. And hey, don't get me wrong, I'm no cheapskate. I love to splurge. Like, man, I just bought a nice fancy hotel, booked a trip to Cabo, Hawaii. And then on top of that, 
uh, there's a little bit of an air conditioning problem at my rental unit. And hey, daddy had to drop some dough on that too. Now, one of the ways that I am able to accumulate and acquire a buff bank, one of the ways that I'm able to lift these heavy lifts is that I'm able to cut out, you know, on all of the superfluous spending. And now, here I am with my bagels, bananas, blueberries, cliff bars, and I'm good to go. Now, we go check into the hotel, which is footsteps away from uh, the Fisherman Wharf's area. And this is, you know, San Francisco in the middle of July. Beautiful weather. It's a Saturday. And so there's just a bunch of people. One of the things that I love to do is people watch. It, it's fascinating with all of San Francisco's history. Just knowing that, man, people from all over the world go there. You know, it, it just makes my mind wander. And one of the ways that you can uh, really tell or measure a man's mind is that, you know, you can just sit and watch and think and pontificate and entertain yourself. You know, uh, there's ample opportunity to go and buy all these souvenirs, souvenirs, all of these things that you really don't need. But hey, I don't need that. All I need is some lunch because <laughs> I'm going to have to do some carb loading at some point in the day. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to eat some good food, especially along that area. And that's exactly what we did. At some point, we end up making our way back down to the hotel. I left my family a little bit early because I had to, you know, stay off my feet. My, my wife and, and kids, they always go a little bit hard. Uh, they love to go into all of the shops and they all like to look at all the little trinkets and all of the little this and that. But hey, you know, daddy needs to, I need to go stay off my feet. I need, I need to go eat some food and I need to go, you know, prep my race day gear. And that's what we do. And it wasn't too much longer until I arrived back at the hotel that my family comes back in. And, you know, it's, it's time to just, you know, take a little chill pill and get to bed on time so that I can rise early. The San Francisco Marathon, that calls or the 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 gun shoots off at 5 15 a.m so i'm i'm you know plotting out logistically the air uh the uber and and my food what time i need to wake up etc etc and then as soon as my head was about to hit the pillow um i forget i was like man we didn't bring any toothpaste we didn't bring any floss and i also i sleep with like uh these i don't know what you call them like eye shades or whatever um there's a funny story behind that but i will spare you you that uh, story but i sleep with these damn eye things on <laughs> uh so i'm like damn it once again you know i forgot my breakfast and now I, I forgot the toothpaste floss and my sleeping eyes but luckily we were able to get some toothpaste uh from the hotel lobby and i was able to uh, you know, brush my teeth with a nice fresh mouth and go to bed um, on time. And now I wake up before my alarm goes off and I'm ready to go. I quietly get myself ready, do my stretches, do my body activation routine. And I already had my Uber scheduled. So I go down to the lobby at about 4.30 a.m. I arrive at the starting line at about, I don't know, maybe like 4.45, which, you know, one thing that I don't like doing is getting to the start, uh, the, the starting line super early because one, it's always cold and, you know, that, that can just make for uh, a uncomfortable time. Now, I, I got there at a reasonable hour where I wasn't lingering and waiting around and it was a beautiful morning. There, was a, uh, there wasn't too much wind. Uh, the, the music was pumping. There were thousands of people down there. And, you know, it, it's, it's an awesome experience. Now, there was a couple goals that I have. The main goal was to get a sub-four-hour marathon. And then another goal was to not stop running. I wanted to be able to run the entire time. 
And then another little goal that I had was to not use the bathroom. I didn't want to have to stop and go pee. I feel that there's a lot of time that is wasted. You know, having to go and step into a a porta potty to relieve your bladder. And I'm happy to announce that I hit all of those goals. (laughs) Um, For each runner, for each person who is towing the line, they're all going to have different goals. Now, the goals that I set for myself, you know, those are going to be intrinsic to myself. Um, And someone else, hey, they they might, you know, love or die or pay a lot of money to be like, hey, if I can get a sub four hour marathon, that would be so great. Like they would desire to have that time. And for another person, they can be like, you know what? A four hour marathon. Hey, what happened? Did you get injured? Did you know why did you run? Why did it take you so long? You know, for different people, we're all going to have different paces. We're all going to have different objectives. And, you know, those were just some goals that that I had set for myself. Sub four hour marathon. uh, Don't walk. And don't use a bathroom. (laughs) Hey, that's that's not too much to ask for, right? And um, uh, I'm happy to announce that I, I, I was able to hit all of those marks. Now, leading up to the marathon, there is that little bit of, you know, nervous excitement. There's some worry there to where you think that, like, hey, I didn't run enough. I didn't didn't uh, run hard enough. I didn't do this enough. I didn't do this. I didn't stretch enough. I could have did more. Could have did, you know, more of everything. And now, you know, if you focus on that, that's going to mess with your mind. Ultimately, you know, you never know if you prepared hard enough or your best until race day and that's when you see what it's all about now when it came to me assessing what my overall objective was going to be like hey was I going to be the jovial person you know stopping to take some photos stopping to to talk to some people or was I just going to be a bull on parade and guess what? My energy was was feeling good. I was feeling eager. And I was like, you know what? Hey, it's bull on parade time. It's it's toro time. You better get the hell out of my way. And now, one thing that really motivated me was I was able to see some of the pacers. Uh, and the pacers are people who hold the signs. Like, for example, if you want to run a three-hour marathon... Well, there are pacers in marathons, and there's, I, I, so there's someone holding a two-hour or a maybe a two-hour forty-five-minute uh, pace, and throughout that marathon, he's going to be running a pace that is going to put you on the pace to finish the marathon in two hours and forty-five minutes. But hey, you better be able to keep up, because if you can't, then guess what? You're going to be missing that pace. And I saw the guy holding the three-hour uh, um, pacing pacing flag. And I was like, damn, this guy, some some Chinese dude, some little Chinese guy, he was older, I don't know, maybe 45, 55 years old. And I was like, damn, this guy's going to be running a three-hour marathon on the San Francisco Marathon. And if you're not familiar with the San Francisco Marathon, there is hell of hills. It's all hills. And for this little Chinese guy to be running all of these hills and finish this marathon in three hours, I'm like, man, I, it blows my mind. It completely boggles me. And then I see the guy running or holding the three-hour, 20-minute pace. Once again, another old Chinese guy. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I see the guy holding the 3-minute, three, 35-minute three uh, pace, uh, pace flag. It's another middle-aged Chinese dude. And I'm like, man, if you were to look at his body and look at my body, it's like, man, I have more muscles, more upper body muscle, more leg muscle. And this guy, he looks like a substitute teacher. And he's going to be running a three, 
hour and 35 minute uh, pace, uh, marathon pace. And these pacers, there's actually uh, two pacers. So uh, I, I guess they, they, they just hold the flag back and forth. And amongst that guy, the three hour and 35 minute pacer, it was him and another chi- little Chinese woman. And I'm like, dude, what what's going on? And she had she had like a little muffin top going on. <laughs> so I'm like, what is this? How does that add up? I don't know. Maybe I'm not pushing myself hard enough. I'm not doing the things that I, I need to. But man, you know what? The people who were lining up to run with these people, hey, they were all muscular. They looked jacked. And I'm like, oh, wow. All right. Well, I... I my goal is going to be three hours and 35 minutes. I'm going to run with these guys. And that was the first time that I ever ran, ran with the pacer. And I found it to be beneficial because, you know, there was times when I was running the marathon. Now, I, I wasn't staying exclusively with them, but I was aware of them. Like there was times where I was running in front of them because my energy just happened to feel good and my spirit was telling me to push on. I was like, hey, break away. Go time. Dig, you know, let, let it rip a little bit. And that's what I did. And sometimes I would be ahead of them. I, I'd never looked back, but uh, I was able to to pick up on some of the voices uh, that were conversating back and forth. And, you know, I, I found that knowing that they were right, right behind me, that made me put a little bit more fuel in my fire. And it reminded me of this breed of horse, and they're called uh, draft horses. And one single horse, uh, one of those draft horses, by themselves, they can pull 8,000 pounds. All right, so you figure, hey, if you connect two of those draft horses together, you know, Eight times two is 16. You think that they can pull, you know, 16,000 pounds. You know, makes sense, right? But nah, not to those draft horses. That's not how it works. When you hook up two draft horses, they pull 24,000 pounds. And the reason why they do that is because both of those horses, they look to the horse um, next to them and they think to themselves, hey, I'm going to outperform this guy. I'm going to outperform this horse. And because they're next to each other, they there's like some competition going on. They both want to be alpha. And, you know, when you're working or running by yourself, you know, there's no one to hold you accountable. There's no one to like really compare yourself with. But when you link up in a group, you know, nobody wants to be the weak wink link. Nobody wants to be the one to hold the, the group back. And then amongst that group, you know, there's a little bit of competitiveness going on where, you know, hey, the best runner, they want to prove to everybody that they're the best runner. And the weakest runner, they want to prove to other people that they're not the weakest runner. So what do they do? Hey, that group just starts to push and pull much faster than they would if they were on an individual level. And much like the horses, hey, us humans, we do the same thing too. And when you're on the course, you know, I'm not, I'm not racing anybody. Ultimately, I'm just, you know, putting myself to the test. But hey, that competitive spirit, it does come out. Now, for example, um, there was, there was multiple times, but I'm going to tell you about this one specific time that really stands out in my mind. Now, in San Francisco Marathon, I've already noted that there's a bunch of hills, a bunch of steep-ass hills. And here I am, you know, charging up this hill. And I, I feel that I'm doing good. I'm just, you know, having at it. I, I'm, I'm just getting some, right? And then I hear some footsteps, you know, slowly, you know, creeping up behind me. And now he's in my peripheral. And there's this old man. And he, he looked like he, he could have been... Santa Claus, but jacked. And he has just like long, white flowing hair, a long ass beard, but he has some strong legs and he's wearing some short shorts and he's just looking jacked. 
and I don't know how old he was. Uh, I don't know, 60 years old? 58? He was maybe 58 to 64 years old, maybe even older. I don't know, but he beat me running up that hill. And, you know, when I see stuff like that, what that does is it exposes me to things that I didn't even know existed. Like if you were to ask me when I was a young man, you know, 25 years old, hey, do you think that an old person can beat you running up a hill? I'd be like, oh, hell no. But hey, believe me, there are so many fit, older people out there who are tapping into energy reserves and strength and mindsets that you don't even know exist. I don't even know that they exist. But um, I'm humble enough to know that I don't know it all. I don't have it all figured out. And I know that in order for that old man to beat me up that hill, hey, I, I, I need to dig into something a little bit deeper. I need to, hey, I got more to learn. Uh, I'm anxious to figure out what that is. Of course, you know, his story is going to be different from mine. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, you know, it, it's just awesome. It's incredible to, to witness that. And it's also incredible to see, like, you know, there's there's so many different types of bodies out there. Like, there's, like, these muscle-bound guys who you think, uh, like, hey, this guy's going to be so strong. He's going to... He's going to, you know, beat everybody. And the next thing you know, he's he's tapering off to the side, clutching his side because he has a cramp. And, you know, me and this, this old man or this little old lady, we're just, hey, pushing on. And, you know, when I say old man or old lady, you know, there's, I'm not giving any disrespect. It's just one of those things. Things where it's like, wow. And you know what? I'm going to give you some of my statistics so you can see where I measured up amongst the other people who are running the race. So, you know, for example, you know, we will jump into that right now. Here's how your boy Ruby Rube um, compared to other people who ran that full marathon. Now, let's see. I ran the full marathon nonstop. I finished in three hours 36 minutes and 5 seconds. That is a pace of 8 minutes, 15 seconds per mile. Now, out of 4,979 uh, full marathon um, runners, pretty much, alright, so out of 5,000 people, I finished 587th. Out of the males, I f uh, finished 535. In my age group, Men 35 through 39, I finished 82nd out of 505. Hey, you know, not bad for, you know, a, an average Joe. I'm just a dude. I'm not uh, a elite runner or anything like that. I'm just a guy, you know, going on a, a, a journey, trying to learn something, pushing my physical, mental, and spiritual boundaries and Man, I'm just open for whatever lessons that going down this journey is going to reveal to me. I'm open to learn something. Now, here's some information from my Garmin watch. Uh, let's see. How if, if you were to guess, how many calories do you think that I burnt running a full marathon continuously nonstop for 3 hours and 36 minutes? Well... I burnt 2,243 calories. And, you know, this is a, a ballpark figure. Maybe I, I, I burnt more. Maybe I burnt less. But, you know, this is a, just a general bar, ballpark. Now, all right, so, so let's say I burnt, you know, that 2,243 calories. Now, that put, should put into perspective, like, how much a, a single particular meal is. Because I will go to, like, I don't know, a, a In-N-Out burger or a Chick-fil-A or something, or just whatever. And you can see their, their calories and their main entree is going to be like 1,300 calories, 1,500 calories. And that, that's a lot, man. Now, the total elevation 
that the San Francisco Marathon provides is 1,362 feet of total elevation. Uh, let's go through some of the, the laps. Lap 1, I ran it in 8 minutes and 17 seconds. The last lap, I ran in 8 minutes and 12 seconds. My fastest lap was mile 15 at 7 minutes and 23 seconds. My fastest pace, let me see, my fastest pace was uh, 5 minutes and 48 seconds. Now that was probably, you know, down a steep, a steep hill and I was able to hit a pace of 5 minutes and 48 seconds. My average heart rate was 152 beats per minute. My maximum was 171. I spent um, two hours and 30 minutes in zone three of my um, aerobic threshold. I spent 12 minutes in zone four, which would have put my heart rate between 161 and 168. And in zone two, the nice easy zone, uh, which my heart rate was between 135 and 149, I spent 53 minutes in that zone. Some more statistics from my Garmin watch. Uh, let's see. My average pace was 814. Average moving pace was 812. My best pace was 5 minutes 48 seconds per mile. My average speed was 7.3 miles per hour. My max speed was 10.3 miles per hour. Let's see. My, uh, my training effect was uh, 3.8. So on average, my aerobic... Um, heart rate was at a 3.8 out of a 5. See, the total ascent was 1,362 feet. I already told you that. Uh, the average temperature was 72 degrees. So yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome weather. Now, I've heard conspiracy theories of the elite of the elite, the super mega ultra rich, you know, hiring out kidnappers to go and kidnap babies because they want that that young blood so that they can drink it and that they can absorb their vitality and they can live forever but man i think that they're barking up the wrong tree if you really want to harvest some good blood you're gonna want to go kidnap some marathoners and drink their blood because you know what at least their blood can carry oxygen which is going to deliver that to your muscles and that is what is ultimately going to bring vitality not this baby blood nah you want elite ultra marathon running blood go out and you know uh try to offer elude kipchoge you know a million dollars for his for his stuff he'll, he'll probably sell it to you yeah i don't know what it is where that energy system comes from but the blood that circulates in endurance athletes, man, that has to be the top tier stuff right there. Now, going back to those draft horses that I had mentioned earlier in this podcast episode. Now, there I am. I am amongst the the first corral. So you have, in a marathon, you have the fast of the fast, the elite runners. You have those guys up in the front because they're, they're just going to smoke everybody. And then after those elite runners, hey, you got your boy Ruby Rube stepping up. You have the, I, I think the pacing starts at three hours. And then you have a, probably like 3.15 and then 3.25 and then three hours and 35 minutes. So I was... Uh, in the corral, bunch snugly in between the three hour and 20 minute guy, and I had the three hour and 35 minute guy behind me. So there I am, right? And then the countdown begins, the gun sounds off, and we all just start, you know, marching off. Once you cross the starting line, then that is when your actual time starts. And now, because you know, we have the herd mentality. We're looking at the people to the left of us, to the right of us, in front of us. We can hear the, the footsteps uh, footsteps clamoring behind us. And you know what? We get swept away. If you're not properly positioned with your pace group, you know, let, let's say you're not going to be finishing the marathon in an estimated time of five hours. And you put yourself up there in the three-hour group. 
Well, you know what? You're going to get trampled. You're going to be in everyone's way. And you're just going to have a sea of people just passing you up. Now, because I've properly situated myself, I'm just, you know, keeping up with the uh, pack. Like, no one is really passing because it's, it's, uh, it's really tight. And then as time goes on, you know, we are still, you know, running as one big collective group and no one is, is really losing their pace, you know, because the, the race just started. And now because the race, it started, you know, before the sun was was up there was you know a little bit of a twilight starting to manifest itself in a beautifully situated san francisco in the middle of summer sheesh so there we are we're running um we're running down the embarcadero and there's already some spectators sprinkled out here and there i don't know if they were just tours maybe some jet lag individuals who just happened to stumble upon a marathon or you know there was also some some people who so or some spectators who had signs to cheer on their uh their personal participant and yeah no nah, that that was cool too but we were making our way past the embarcadero running and uh past all of those piers the famous pier 39 and we make our way past Ghirardelli square past uh, the place where I do my triathlon swimming. I think it's called the San Francisco Aquatic Park. We pass that up and we make our way to Chrissy Fields and that's when the beautiful Golden Gate Bridge is starting to uh, uh, to show itself. And now as you know, the time marches on, the sun is slowly starting to rise up and there was a beautiful beautiful sunrise going on with all of its golden twilight mixed with some pink hues the golden gate bridge the waves the clamoring of people's feet the water stations everyone's cheering it was a awesome experience and then you know what we start to um the turnaround point is at i think it's called what is that that fort fort something it's not fort knox fort mason yeah there it is Fort Mason. I, I've toured in there before. I've actually stepped foot inside. But hey, that's for another story. So there we are. We're turning around at Fort Mason, and we start to um, we start to ascend up these paths that are leading up to the entry of the Golden Gate Bridge. And next thing you know, we're on the Golden Gate Bridge, the iconic Golden Gate Bridge. You have your traffic um, to the left. We're not running on the road. We're running on the sidewalk. And, you know, that makes up for some tight running, too. So once again, that's when your proper pacing um, is going to manifest, manifest its, its, its reasoning. You don't want to be, you know, clogging the, the whole running sidewalk because you improperly place yourself in the pacing. But like those draft horses, you know, we're all starting to pick up steam. Everyone's running faster and faster. And next thing you know, I'm looking down at my watch and I'm running like a 7 minute, 30 second pace. But hey, you know what? I'm feeling good. I'm just going off my energy. I'm going off of my spirit. I, I have never been a fighter uh, in, a, uh, in a cockpit, you know, a cockpit fighting pilot or a pilot in general. But there is some similarity. Like, yeah, I, I've seen the movie footage of pilots in the cockpit and they're, you know, just taking inventory of their fuel, of their airspeed, of their altitude, of everything, right? And, you know, when you're running, you are just mentally just taking inventory of all of your systems. Hey, feet feeling good, calves feeling good, legs feeling good, heart rate uh, is not too high, not too low. Breathing is controlled and stable. All right, hey, all systems go. Keep it up, buddy. And I'm not sure if you know or if a lot of people who travel from all over the world know, but that San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge, that is like a suicide magnet. People commit suicide on that thing. I don't want to say every day, but... Uh, pretty frequently now i am observant and aware of the suicide prevention gates that the city has implemented i see the suicide phone and man i 
put myself, you know, for, for a brief second, in that situation of people feeling hopelessness, people who would have loved to have felt the strength that we were all feeling in that moment to, hey, you know what, have the energy, vigor, and gusto to sign up for a marathon, you know, that is the opposite side of the coin. You can't run a marathon and feel hopeless and feel depressed, anxiety. Man, so, you know, what? It, was a, it was an interesting, quick juxtaposition of what we were doing and also what people have done on that bridge. But anywho, there we are, right? A beautiful sunrise, and I'm just soaking it in. I'm just being grateful appreciative of everything, of of the pace, of my energy, of my health, and of all of the things that have helped me to embark on that journey. Uh, I'm just completely appreciative of it, and that is fueling me forward even more. And you know what? The sunrise, it was so beautiful at that moment. Uh, There was, you know, like some some bay fog, some light bay fog, you know, because usually that bridge can be enshrouded in fog to where you can't even see the damn bridge but not on that day it was a clear sky but you know like I was saying there was some clouds in the sky where they were they were taking on those early morning beautiful hues and I made a little joke for any of the ears who were in earshot of hearing my little dad joke I was like oh man I feel like busting out my easel Opening up the canvas, busting out the paintbrushes and trying to create my best Bob Ross masterpiece. And you know, that that got a couple uh, laughs. And then I also noted on that, you know what, when you are, you know, smiling, when you're talking, when you're laughing, when you are engaging with other people, you know, that also makes the time fly much, much more faster because... Now, you know, I, I wasn't doing that the entire time, but I found that the times where I did crack a joke or I made someone laugh, that released some in, endorphins in my mind to where it made me feel good. And I was riding that high for, I don't know, 25 seconds. And it, 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 felt, it felt great. I remember reflecting at mile 15 and thinking, I was like, oh man, I'm already at mile 15? Like, it, it, it went by really fast between the the runners, between, you know, playing little mini games with myself within the, the running pack, you know, trying to pass this person up or, you know, focusing on that person. Let me try and pass that person up or, you know, just the, the banter back and forth. Or, you know what? There was a segment. I don't know how long it was exactly, but it was pretty long. Maybe four football fields, 500 yards, but for, I'm going to say approximately 500 yards, there was images of, of people who served in the military, but were killed in combat. And it had, you know, it showed pictures of them smiling, wearing, you know, their civilian clothes or their, their military uniform with their family. Maybe in a Humvee or on an airplane, just, you know, standing stoically. During that segment, like, it was very quiet, and we're just running through it, and you can see the photos, and they were pretty big. And it was a... It was a moment, a miraculous moment, a a moment of... I don't know, I'm lacking the correct adjective, but it, it was pretty badass. And I was thinking about how, you know, one of these days, you know, I'm going to be dead. I'm not going to have, you know, a picture there to memorialize me with these marathon runners. But, you know, maybe some of the things that I do can be memorialized within my own household. And they can, you know, find some strength in that. And, you know, it invigorated me because here we have, while I'm running through pretty much a, a a valley of death right there and I'm I'm strong I'm fit filled with energy and I was like you know what I'm, I'm not dead today 
I'm, I'm feeling, on the contrary, I am strong AF. I'm a man on a mission right now. I'm a bull, I'm a toro. I'm a bull on, a, on parade. So it made me feel good in a weird way because I knew that I was alive. <laughs> um, you know, that is not to be taken as disrespect to those who have passed away. But man, you know what? Those, those people, they sacrificed their lives so that we can have that freedom to run a marathon. And, you know, not just run a marathon, but all of these freedoms that we have. You know, those people who were storming Normandy Beach, they did that so that we can have our, our freedom. If it wasn't for them, hey, maybe Hitler would have taken over the entire world. And I would have, you know, been, or my ancestors would have been exterminated. Or maybe the, the Japanese would have taken over and I, you know, I, me and my family could have been slaves or whatever, whatever the case may be. Good men had to die and fight in all these wars so that we could have our freedoms. And I felt that in that 500 yard segment and it, it empowered me. Now, the run back over the Golden Gate Bridge because we ran from the Embarcadero to Fort Mason over the Golden Gate Bridge and then we looped back around in Sausalito and then back over the Golden Gate Bridge and on the way back the wind really picked up to where it felt like I was running sideways and I was like, hey man, it feels like I'm running sideways. <laughs> I had said that to a couple uh, runners and once again, got got a got a, a, a at least a courtesy laugh. So... That, that that made me feel good for a quick moment. And there is the the Golden Gate Bridge that is now in the rear view. And now, man, the hills continue. It was just all hills, up and down, steep hills, little hills, big hills, skinny hills, fat hills. It was all hills. But despite that, man, uh, I, I finished in 3 hours and 36 minutes. I'm proud of that time. Of course, people have you know, finished much faster, but that reminds me of a meme. I saw a meme, and it was uh, cartoon characters. Now, the first picture, it was a guy, and he was he was having a medal placed around his neck, and then the, the next photo was the guy, like, shaking champagne, and then the next photo was him popping it, and he's celebrating. He's like, yeah, and then it zooms out, and the guy who's celebrating is just like hardcore with his medal and the champagne. That guy took third place. <laughs> and the people or the, the guy on on the first place podium and the second place podium, they're looking at the guy who's celebrating hardcore as if he won. They're looking at him puzzled. And then the caption was like, hey, don't judge your accomplishments on what other people perceive should be celebrated. You know, something in that vein. And I was like, oh, you know, hey, you know, definitely. Let's not diminish what we do compared to what, you know, other people do. Like I said before, my time of three hours and 36 minutes. Now, that's a horrible time compared to the guy who won. Now, if the guy who had the goal of like, hey, I'm, I'm signing up for this race and I'm going to win. If his goal was to win and he got my time of three hours and 36 minutes he'd be pissed off he'd be like man i don't know what happened i had the bubble guts all my toenails fell off i shit my pants and uh i i blew my i, I blew both achilles tendons and i had to save uh a freaking a baby you know i don't know maybe a baby was choking out there on on the on the course and he had to go save the baby but, you know, also, meanwhile, and you know, there's people out there who finished the marathon in five hours, maybe even, you know, 10 minutes from, from the cutoff time. They see my time, three hours and 36 minutes, and they're looking at me like, bro, how do you do that? You know, what's going on? And you know what? That is why in the endurance world, there's a, there is a philosophy of run your own race. Don't try to keep up with anybody. Don't try to do anything other than your best. Three hours and 36 minutes, you know, hey, that, that was the best that I was able to do for that day. I'm proud of it. It was my, my PR. I believe that the average finishing time 
um, for a, a marathon is like four hours and 37 minutes, like worldwide. Hey, and your boy Ruby Rube, I got three hours and 36 minutes, so not bad. I will take it. I met all of my goals. The goal was a sub four hour marathon. The goal was to not stop, and the goal was to, hey, not use the bathroom. And you know what? That's why I had to pee myself multiple times while running. Nah, just kidding. No cap. Um, I, I, I didn't do that. You know, people, they do that on the, uh, in triathlon. And you know what? Hey, that's probably why I will never win a triathlon. Uh, you, you'll never see me gracing the stands of the podium at an Ironman because I'm not willing to pee myself on the bike. You know what? People do that, but hey, that that's the price you have to be willing to pay to be the top dog. And uh, I'm not there yet, but it's all good. I'm not willing to pay that price. I'm gonna, you know, step into a quick little porta potty, take a whiz, and then back back out on the course. So that'll do it for today's podcast. Well, you know what? Hey, that's not going to do it for today because, hey, I need to um, explain my little sprint to finish. All right. Hey, so here is like the last the, the last two miles. Now, mind you, mile 23, that is leading you up another big ass hill. So once again, you got to go out and get some. You got to dig a little bit deeper and you're going hard, right? And then there you are, spent Climbing up this big ass hill, mile 23, and then I was like, "All right, let me take you know, a a brief moment to catch my breath." And then once once mile 24 hit, I started to pick up the pace. So let's see. Uh, mile 20 was 8:14. Mile 21 was 7:53. Mile 22, 8:17. Mile 23, that was that big ass hill, 8:51. Mile number uh, 24, then another big-ass hill, 8 minutes and 52 seconds, and then mile 25, 818. And mind you, you know, and then uh, mile 26, uh, 812. And mind you, those hills, they're at the tail end of the marathon, so... Sheesh, you know, I, I gave it the best that I could, and that is what I was able to muster up, but... Oh yeah, on like the final shoot, I don't know how long it was, but I heard these foot, these footsteps, uh, they were catching up to me. And I looked to my right, and it's like this woman. I don't know who it was, and she didn't know who I was. She was just running her own race. But, you know, this is just one of the little mini games that you can play with yourself. I was like, oh hell no, I'm not going to let anyone pass me up in this final mile. I'm going to be passing up as many people as I can because essentially I'm going to be putting my best effort into this final mile so here she is she catches up to me and she starts to like almost pass me up and i'm like nope i'm gonna be keeping up with you and hopefully just (laughs) winning this final sprint and there we are we're just running lockstep all the way to the finish line and uh, my wife she she uh she captured the final run. And yeah, you can see me just... Or me and this woman were both sprinting to the end. And I was already sprinting to the end. She just caught up to me. But man, like those damn draft horses... You know, I saw her running super fast. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get outperformed right now. Nope, not today. Threw some extra fire into the oven. And I, I let it burn. Once again finished in three hours 36 minutes an average pace of eight minutes 14 seconds no accidents no injuries hey man it was all good i was able to be received by my family gave them some hugs some congratulations and then we took a couple photos next to the uh to the bay bridge and then we walk to lunch. One of the things that I realized is that if you like automatically sit down after the marathon, then that is when all of that lactic acid is going to uh, just sit, marinate in your muscles. And that is going to uh, cost you some precious recovery. You're, you're going to be in pain. Now, what we did, rather than doing that, I stood up and I was walking around, lightly stretching. And then we walked you know, down the piers and got some lunch. 
um, I, I, I put my feet up while we were eating and then my, my daughter and my wife and my son, they went to this playground and I was stretching as they were playing. And because I believe that I did that, I was able to, uh, utilize some active recovery methods and I'm not feeling too bad today. Um, of course I'm sore, but you know, it's not so bad, you know, to where I, I can't get out of bed, but you know, I'm looking forward to my body bouncing back and the confidence that I got, especially with the numbers that I was able to um, realize for myself. You know, it, it makes me feel good considering that, you know, only 500 people, you know, beat me in, in that marathon. And when I say beat me, you know, that's quote unquote. But, you know, out of almost 5,000 people, 500 of them beat me and I beat all of those other people, or I, I, once again, beat is the wrong word. I, I performed better than a large majority of all those people. And out of the males in in my age, you know, 35 through 39, out of like 500, um, I, I think I got like 80th. So, man, I, I, I was able to perform a lot better than a majority of men my age. A lot of, I was able to beat or perform better than a lot of the males and just overall everyone who ran that. So, hey, you know, that, that has me feeling good. Once again, I need to honor my strength and realize the strength that I have, the mindset that I have, the spirit that I have burning with inside of me. And I need to continually invest and I need to reflect deeper and harder on this experience. And, you know, I'm not going to be resting on my laurels. I'm going to keep striving for what's better. And that's all that, you know, I, I can really ask for. Uh, mission accomplished. San Francisco Marathon 2023, uh, 2023 in the books. Job well done. I'm proud of myself and my family. And, you know, those are the people who I am trying to impress and influence the most. That'll do it so much for today's podcast episode. If you like what you heard, give me a like, a subscribe, and a follow. Share this with someone who, you know, ran the marathon, is thinking about running a marathon, uh, or has even participated in this last marathon. I would be interested in learning and hearing from their perspective and seeing what uh, how, how their race day was. Until next time, it's onward, always onward.